Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. I think that everyone should move towards their happiness because our life is going to be so much happier if we do what we love to do and at least try it, at least give it a chance. Don't just think about it, do it. This is Jennifer Longworth and today's Thought the Entrepreneur is Christy Sarduarte. She's an award-winning author, healer, spiritual channel, and modern-day nomad. A New Yorker for the last 20 years, she grew up in Sweden, raised by Estonian refugee parents, and has lived in six countries across three continents. Guided by her curiosity and inability to remain still, she has studied art, acting, advertising, and finance, and she has traveled to more than 75 countries in the search for the next adventure. Welcome to the show, Christy. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Now, I was looking at your bio and seeing your life as a young child growing up overseas, and then you have visited more than 75 countries. How did you get so well-traveled? Well, I think it started in the beginning because my parents were refugees in Sweden, had come over from Estonia as children. So I didn't really have any roots. And at that time, Estonia was occupied by the Soviet Union. So every four years, there would be a world festival somewhere in the world. So it would be like in Canada or in Germany or in Australia or something like that. So the first long trip I remember was to Canada and the U.S. when I was four years old. But also my parents had their own company. In the early days when we were little, uh, me and my sisters, All our vacations were driving through Europe for dad's business meetings. So the rest of us would like bundle up in the car and stay in like one room, like one hotel room together. And, you know, thinking back, it was um, it was so much fun. You know, we saw so much of the world. I remember thinking when I was like 12, oh, my God, I've been to 18 countries. How many countries have you been to? You know, just because we just drove everywhere. So that started it. That started my like, oh, I want to see more. Like, And when I was 18, I moved to England and met people from Ireland. So I wanted to go to Ireland. And then Estonia became free. Then I wanted to go to Estonia. And then when I was in Est- so it's always like, what's behind the next, like the next hill? My husband says that I collect countries, but I'm like, I just want to see like every country in the world is so different. And there's always more to see. Like I cannot stop looking or like searching. So you've done three continents. So North America, Europe, and Well, I've been to six continents, so I've been to everywhere except for Antarctica. You've lived in in six countries across three continents, but you've visited. Okay, I've only ever visited, well, three, kind of, you know, I live in the United States, I've been to Canada, and I've been to Mexico. Ooh, not nearly as exciting (laughs) as getting anywhere else. (laughs) So I'm kind of envious that you've been able to do that. And now you're an author. And your first novel is The Transmigrant, and that 
title makes me think of traveling and perhaps that your book draws some inspiration from your previous lifestyles? Sure. I mean, that's, I think, what made me interested in the story, because it's about Jesus traveling through Asia and studying Hinduism and Buddhism, which it is believed by some people he did uh, in the so-called lost years before between the ages of 12 and 30. It kind of combined my like interest in spirituality and also traveling. So when I did the research for the book, of course, I had to go to some of those places and check it out and kind of like... Oh, the pain. Oh, no, you had to travel to other places that you've never been before. I know this was a stretch for you, Christy. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I didn't get to Pakistan yet or like Afghanistan or Iran, but, you know, one day, I hope. So where did this book take you? So I went to Israel. So I traveled around a little bit there and went to uh you know, to Jerusalem, but I also went to Capernaum. I took a drive up, off to Nazareth just to see like if I thought it was like possible that he grew up there, but I don't believe so. This is my belief. I believe he grew up in Capernaum, which is by the Sea of Galilee. I call it the Lake Kinneret in the book because that's the name in that age. So I also went to India and to Nepal and to Tibet to check if it matched what I had written, you know, like the nature and everything like that, because you can read and you can look online and, you know, try to get to places like that. But when you're there, you know, you see different things. So included in the, in the book, but I had already written like four drafts of it or something at the time. Were you pretty close when you got there? Did you say, okay, yeah, I nailed it. Or did you go, eh, maybe I missed something here or there? Definitely missed some things, but I, it was remarkably close. So I think like I connected in a spiritual way or in a spiritual, in a, on a soul level to the places when I was writing about them. Very cool. So what inspired this book? Oh, I was traveling in India and I was in Kolkata and I was walking down the street and then I saw this guy selling books on the street and I love books, like I love reading. So I saw this book that was called Jesus in India. And I was like, what? Like, what's that about? And I didn't pick it up at the time, but about like a year later, I keep saying it appeared in, on my Kindle. It, I mean, obviously I bought it, but I don't remember buying it. I remember like being on the platform in the New York City subway and being like, oh, you know, I can read this book now. And it's about this uh, Russian traveler called Nikolas Notovich, who was an adventurer in the 1880s. And he traveled through India and he ended up in a monastery in northern India, in Kashmir. And he broke his leg and these Tibetan monks took him in and... One day, one of them said, hey, do you know your Jesus was here? And he said, uh, what are you talking about? So they showed him these scrolls about Jesus traveling through like Asia and studying Hinduism and Buddhism. And this guy, Notovich, took it back to Europe and showed it to all the cardinals and everything in France. And because it was French speaking, like everyone was in those days. And they said, like, yeah, you should probably not talk about it. Like, you know, we can give you money if that's what you're looking for, but just, you know, forget about it. 
So he went ahead and published the book anyways, because he thought it was important. And then, like, since then, you know, the church has tried to deny that this is true. And of course, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it happened. I don't think anyone knows if it happens. But logically, it makes sense. And it kind, kind of like when you read it and you start looking into Hinduism and Buddhism, the religions are tied together. So, of course, like me being interested in like traveling and like curious about religions because I'm not religious myself. So I started looking into it and I got really interested in it and spent six years writing this book. So writing a book isn't easy, number one, <laughs> especially when you're dealing with, with a topic such as this, when you're going to dig into the what may have happened in the lost years of Jesus, because there's not an official official record of that. And going into this topic, you got to do your research or people are going to tear you apart. They might anyway, just because of the territory you're going into here, but then traveling and rewriting and what you said you had four drafts by the time you started traveling the world or something. Yeah, I don't know how many drafts I went through, but a lot of them. So you you went to India, you saw this book, you forgot about this book, the book chased you until you finally read it. You read it, you learned more, and then you're like, hey, you know what, I, I can do something with this. I'm going to take this and run with it and see what kind of story I can come up with, fictional, you know, a historical fiction type thing, right? Or yeah. is that how you would describe it? Well, I describe it as historical, but also spiritual fiction. Okay. And so it's, I mean, when I, when I sell it, I have to sell it as religious fiction because there's nothing really called spiritual fiction. So it's like historical slash religious fiction. But it's not saying like, oh, this is true or this is the only truth or this. It's just kind of like looking at the different religions and trying to tie them together and following Jesus's, uh, Yeshua's in my book, his development from like a guy who, like a little boy who's interested in God and wanting to be a priest and not able to do it in his own country and being a little bit arrogant and thinking that he knows God better than everyone else, and then learning step by step, like to become humble and take in what other other people are teaching him. Did you study the other religions, the the Christianity, Buddhism, and Hinduism, as part of this as well? Yeah, I did. I studied all three. I looked into Jainism also and Burn, which was a Tibetan religion at the time, and you know, as much as I. I could. So I read more than 50 books on the subject and watched numerous videos and read numerous like websites and stuff. So, And this is why it took you six years to write this book. <laughs> yes, because every time I thought like, oh, I'm almost done, then I'm like, oh, look at that book. Oh, I have to read that. And I still do it. And I'm like, okay, now I have to stop. <laughs> My house, my house is filled with books about Jesus, and my husband is like, "Oh my God, what are people going to think?" <laughs> <laughs> not, not that there's anything wrong with being Christian, but I'm just saying, you know, this is not who I usually am to the world. Your book collection doesn't necessarily represent you, like mine may. I don't no. know. I have too many books <laughs> in the house, so I can see where the struggle would be, especially if I was writing a book about a certain topic and I found something else that go, oh my gosh, that's going to fit with what I say, what was their take on it? And yeah, that would keep the 
process going. Yeah. <laughs> so what was interesting about it, like you said before, that like, how are people going to react? Because this is a different story. But the funny thing is that surprised me is that a lot of Christian people who are not like, like deeply religious, but a lot of Christian people who grew up as Christians and then kind of rejected Christianity because it didn't suit them. They have read the book and they're like, oh, this brings me closer to Jesus, which I didn't expect. And this was not my intention, but I wrote it from like a perspective that I thought he would come from. And also when I had finished it, I sent it, like I just sent it to like all these like authors whose books I had read as research and said, can you provide me with a blurb? And a couple of like religious scholars, like who teach Christianity at universities, they wrote back and they liked the book. And I'm like, wow, this is so crazy. (laughs) Very cool. (laughs) I did something right. (laughs) So kind of making a ripple impact where you didn't necessarily anticipate yeah exactly so who did you think was going to read and enjoy your book did you have a target in mind yeah i thought people like me who are like not religious who are spiritual but um cannot connect maybe to jesus not that i wanted to kind of like sell jesus but um who can't connect to jesus but who are still interested because maybe they grew up with it or something and then just people who are into Hinduism and Buddhism who can kind of see the connections between them. And uh, yeah, that's kind of <laughs> the people I, I targeted. So what have you seen as the reaction? I mean, who is going to buy the book? So there's your target audience. You've heard from Christians who are really into it. And what kind of audience are you seeing now? Well, a lot of the people who buy the books are, I mean, I don't know because it's like on Amazon and it kind of goes into the either and it's like 5,000 people have read my book, but I don't know who they are. You know, right. the, the only people I know are the ones who write reviews. So mm-hmm. a- anyone who writes book reviews are listening. Thank you. Because for authors, it's so hard to get reviews and anything helps. Even a one-star review is so helpful because the more reviews you get, the more you can sell. Anyway, so who buys my book? The ones I know are the ones, I guess most of them are the ones who who grew up with Christianity but rejected Jesus at some point because it didn't fit what they, their religion or their faith had developed into when they became more open-minded and started meditating. And I think those are the ones who are like the biggest fans. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you've been working in, in looking at these three different religions, you've probably come across people who are like, this is it. I don't want to hear about what those other people teach. My way of the highway, not even going to be open-minded. How do you react to that? I mean, you might have even, I don't know if you heard this, when you, you tell people, hey, I'm going to write a book about these things, and they're like, wow, how dare ye? I mean, have you gotten that kind of reaction or, or what? Yeah, people say, like, I don't think you should do it. Like, I don't think you should, like, this is this book is written by, like, the Bible is written by God, and it's the only truth, and, you know, like, what you're, what you're saying is heresy. Like, especially on, like, Twitter or Facebook, I get, like, strangers coming up to me and saying, like, oh, this is not the truth. And, and so I just say to them, like, you know, your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth, and... I can't change anyone's mind. 
like people who who believe one thing i have to accept it i just say like you know thank you for sharing your opinion i i will listen to them unless they attack me well which they don't yet <laughs> except for with words but i will try to put myself in their shoes and just be like kind to them and be like thank you and good luck and uh, good luck with your religion <laughs> That sounds horrible. <laughs> so what are the things that you've been getting into other than just writing this book? Or has this been your six years sole focus? Well, besides the writing, like I'm I'm working on another book right now. Um, but besides the writing, I also am a healer. I'm a Reiki healer. So I give sessions to people. I give every like I do spiritual readings things like that so I'm I do have a day job <laughs> where I make money but like I'm moving more towards a spiritual like focus in my life because that's where my happiness is and I think that everyone should move towards their happiness because life I don't think life is short and I don't think we have only one life but I do believe that our life is going to be so much happier if we do what we love to do and at least try it, at least give it a chance. Don't just think about it, do it. So what advice do you have for the thoughtful entrepreneur who's listening? Well, first of all, I think that uh, you should always be open to others' opinions. And I think we're all much more alike than we may think from like different political standpoints and different religions or cultures. But we all, deep inside, I think 99% of us are good people. And we want to be loved. We want to be respected. We're more alike than dissimilar. When you go out and whatever you do, don't push your opinion on people. Like offer it up on a plate and say, this is what I have. You can take it or you can leave it. Well, thanks for sharing, Christy. And if someone wants to connect with you, what is the best way for them to find you? How do they find this book? How can we learn more about what you're doing? Okay, so uh, you can find me on my website. So the easiest way to get there is thetransmigrant.com. You can find my book, The Transmigrant, on Amazon or any bookstore. You can ask them, they will order it for you. Of course, it's on iBooks and Kobo and all of them as well soon to be in libraries well thank you so much for joining me christy it's been a pleasure thank you so much thanks for having me thanks for listening to the thoughtful entrepreneur if you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where i'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media? And in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.